You are listening to another Always Moto production. The Always Moto Podcast with your host, David Hogan. This show contains information about injuries to riders competing in AMA Supercross, AMA Motocross, MXGP, Ozpro MX, and other international moto events. The information discussed may be unsettling to some listeners. It might be incomplete or based on medical opinions due to riders tending to hide the details of their injuries. We are here to explain the information and increase injury understanding and visibility for the fans. There might be coarse language and the odd stuff up along the way. If any of this offends you, turn us off right now. That's right, Moto fans. I'm not a doctor, but I am a physiotherapist, and this is the Always Moto Podcast. This is episode 23. I'm your host, David Hogan. Thanks for listening. Thanks for joining us. Welcome to the emergency department. As always, we'll be going through all things injuries in moto, and just a couple of extra things this time around. Uh, and, And why is that? That is because hashtag injuries are a part of moto. This week on the show, we'll be covering injuries from round 17 of Monster Energy Supercross. The Supercross season is now done. I can stop recording those injuries for that season. We're going to be doing a bit of a review of those in the next show. Uh, I'll be working on those things. But we'll be reviewing those quick injuries that happened in that last round. We'll be also having a quick look ahead to the outdoors, which is starting very soon. We're also going to touch on the fact that the Stark Varg, the electric bike, the media launch is happening in Spain as we speak. It's already started. Um, I'll be traveling there from next week to join uh, for my day on that bike. I get to test ride that electric bike and all those horsepowers that they say that it's got. Going to have to make sure I'm holding on nice and strong, so we'll preview that. Uh, We're also going to do a quick fantasy update on who won in the Supercross League uh, and what's happening for outdoors for the Always Moto Fantasy League over on Pulp MX. Uh, And we also have another special guest joining us this week that will be talking about their injury. So stick around to find out who that is on this week's show. So we've got another big show coming your way, Moto fans. Thanks for listening. Thanks for joining us. Um, As always, this show is brought to you by... Unfortunately, it's still just me. (laughs) It's always Moto. I bring you the show. I need your support to keep this thing going. We have some merch that is dropping. We have it here in our hot little hands. It's ready to go. It's ready to purchase. We need you guys to support us and buy a couple of t-shirts from us. So we've got some Always Moto t-shirts. They are just black t-shirts with the Always Moto logo front and center on the chest. The t-shirts are $25 plus postage and handling. That's in Australian dollars. Um... And so we need you to send us an email to get that order. We want your t-shirt size. Uh, We want your postal address in that email so that we can organize a payment for you to to go to you so that you can pay us for that. And then we can send that through to you um, ASAP. So send those emails through with that order and t-shirt order as the subject line so that we can get those done. 
All right, before we jump into the show, we're going to take a quick break here uh, with a quick little message from one of our rider friends, and we'll be back. Hey, I'm Luke Neese, riding for the SUB Honda team, and you're listening to the Always Moto podcast. All right, guys and girls, we're back. Let's jump into those injuries that we talked about from Monster Energy Supercross at round 17 that has just happened and is now finished. Uh, the Supercross season, it's done and dusted for 2022. So some notable injuries that came out of that round. Jet Lawrence obviously sat out the main event aspect, or the sorry, the night show, uh, after a little practice crash that everyone probably saw on the Instagrams and on all those other social media platforms. He managed to have a little trip over the bars off a bit of a squirrely attempt at a triple out uh, and managed to sprain his ankle. Now, we don't expect that to be of any significance for him uh, basically a day or two after that event, uh, and he should be back on the bike in full prep mode for his outdoor title defense. So should be no issues for Jet Lawrence there. It was just precautionary, that one, and I can understand why uh, it was pretty irrelevant for him to be out on track after that little issue so um, they just took a full full fully what they needed to to make sure that he was right ready to go for outdoors next on the list is Robbie Wageman unfortunately everyone's probably also seen this crash uh, that was in that Pulp MX LCQ challenge race Uh, unfortunately for Robbie Wageman his bike managed to lock up on the face of the triple uh, and sent him over the bars landing on his feet at the base of the third jump there um, not confirmed as to what he's done yet I haven't had anything back from the team or from Robbie I've reached out to both um, and fortunately they haven't had too much to say there I believe there's some ligament damage to his knee and I'm not surprised given the fact of how he landed and the height he came down and the speed he came down uh, which would suggest that there's probably an ACL issue in there along with maybe some meniscal damage or maybe even a fracture within the joint itself Uh, and that's probably being investigated i'm expecting to see some sort of update from them soon so get well robbie Um, anyone wanting to provide some uh, funds towards robbie needs to get in touch with him as well Um, there was a few people that reached out obviously that lcq race with pulp mx was all about supporting the privateers with some financial backing uh, and it's just a shame that it finished that way for robbie uh, next on the list, we have Carson Mumford, the Barak Suzuki rider, managed to have a crash on press day. He's broken multiple bones in his foot, so his metatarsals, uh, it left him out of action for that uh, 250 race there at Salt Lake City. Uh, given that he has multiple fractures, it's going to be about a four to six week recovery for him before he's ready to go. Given that the outdoors was about a three week gap to start, there's a chance that he lines up at the first round at Parlour, which will be next weekend. Um, But there's a chance that he maybe sits out the first two, maybe three rounds, just to get that thing healed, ready to go, so he can have a proper attempt at the remaining nine rounds that would miss that would he would miss the if he missed the first three so it would be a smart play on his part if he did that i don't know if that's something that he's going to consider uh it will all depend on how he's going with that recovery but he's more than likely in a moon boot currently trying to keep the weight off it and off the bike maybe doing some stationary cycling he's definitely still able to do upper body exercises and he'll be modifying things in the gym to let him keep training as best he can but uh, just I uh, said this on the previous episodes it's just shitty timing to get an injury at this point in the year um, when that season transfer is happening because it just wrecks both seasons basically so hard luck for Carson there um, but hopefully he'll be back in the not too distant future 
Josh Fariz uh, managed to have a midweek crash before Salt Lake. He broke a collarbone. Uh, and he'll be out of action for a few weeks as well. He is tight on time as well to reach the start of the outdoors. He's most likely going to be another one of those guys that misses the first two, maybe three rounds, uh, just to let that thing heal a little bit better before he makes his comeback. Uh, so that would be, uh, again, it's just a precautionary thing. It, it's a safe option. He might be on the line at round one. We won't know just until right before that uh, event starts. So we'll have to keep an eye on that. The other one that was a notable absence from the race, uh, from the night show, was Garrett Marchbanks. Now, our unconfirmed trackside info for Garrett is that he has a shoulder issue from a crash in practice, potentially a dislocated shoulder, but that's all unconfirmed info at this side, and that was not from anything that um, I've personally seen. That's a little trackside uh, assistance I got on that one, which is nice to have. Um, but we're not sure if that's all confirmed. Obviously, I haven't seen it with my own two eyes. So just taking that on, on word of the informant and we can't pass on those sources. Uh, it's a hush-hush, you know, tap the nose, wink-wink sort of thing. Anyway, so that's our injuries from Salt Lake. Now, there is one more that we're going to have a little speculation talk here uh, about that may be from Salt Lake, but it, I don't think it is. Uh, and that's the Mookie... Uh, Malcolm Stewart situation. Uh, there's been some rumours going around on, on the social platforms in the last few days about Malcolm Stewart potentially sitting out of the outdoors with a knee injury and potentially that RJ Hampshire will be filling in on that 450 of, of Malcolm's. Now, that, that information obviously is all unconfirmed at this stage and by the time you hear this, maybe that has been confirmed with a press release from the Rockstar Husky guys. Uh, but at this time, all I've seen it is on Vital uh, and there's some discussions on some other sites as well that have then obviously linked off of that first initial story put out by, uh, I think it was Michael Lindsay over there on Vital that he had seen this uh, transfer of, the, of RJ Hampshire onto the 450 and the lack of information from Malcolm. So... Let's have a think about it. So if, if there is a knee injury, and, the, and they were indicating that maybe this injury occurred with, with that hit that Barsha put on Malcolm uh, in that last race. But if you watch that video, it's a bit difficult to see if that is actually the impact of the front tire into his leg or not. Now, Malcolm does have that left leg extended, uh, as you would in a corner. He's doing good technique with that, with that position he was in, and his leg is out straight. Um, but where Barsha tends to hit him, it looks like it might have either just got his knee, or if, if Malcolm's wearing knee braces, it would have definitely got onto those knee braces and just pushed him into the bike. So I don't think there was any actual twisting mechanism and the knee brace um, side impact is pretty good on most knee braces so in terms of like a fracture from that uh, impact into that like bike he's basically squashing his knee between his bike and um, Barsha's front tire at that point I don't think that would be an issue it might be I might be completely off base here but I think that that one's not the issue if you go back to that St. Louis crash that uh, Malcolm had and not even the sense that he managed to get the knee brace caught on the handlebars at the end of that crash in St. Louis during that Triple Crown event. Um, that part, the end part of that isn't what I think is where the issue may have started. If there is a knee injury for Malcolm that's going to keep him out of outdoors, I believe it's in the sequence of events right before that crash in St. Louis. And if you can go back and find that video, you'll see that Malcolm coming out of a left-hand corner 
manages to lose a bit of traction, dab the left foot, uh, and I think that was actually on a jump, sorry, after the corner. He's dabbed the left foot at a funny angle at high speed, and you see the knee bend and flick behind him, and then he crashes subsequently not long after that. Uh, and gets that uh, knee caught, that knee brace caught into the handlebars. So both of those two actions, I think, is where this might eventuate from. And it'll be interesting to see what gets confirmed when we start to see the official press releases. Um, I doubt Malcolm is not one of those ones that I've got any contact with at this point. Um, so I doubt we're going to get any first-hand information. You might hear it on some other sources. Uh, but it'll be interesting to find out what we can and see which one was the event that did the damage. Uh, so they're the only two things, uh, they're the only two possibles that I can see. The one that Barsha hit him, which I think is unlikely, but I think that St. Louis crash is more likely, and it's just a case that he was keeping that under wraps towards the end of the season, uh, and he's managed to get through, and he's now decided that it's best to go, you know, maybe there's a surgery that's required um, for him to be fit and healthy for second year on that Husky in Supercross next year for 2023. We'll have to keep an eye on that. Now, just a little teaser for you guys now on the injury side of things. Uh, obviously, we keep track of all the injuries across the season that we can manage to get our hands on or see throughout the year. Uh, and so far for the 2022 Supercross season, uh, I've got 138 injuries recorded. Now, that's a massive number. That's the first time I think that I, in the time that I've been recording this that we've got over 100 injuries. Uh, so we're going to break that down over the next few days uh, and we're going to get some more stats out about that in terms of the frequencies, the locations, the when they were injured, whether that was in practice, whether that was in a main event, whether that was in training or on press day. I know that uh, Jason Wigand has previously been, had theories around uh, whether it's from all the training that these guys are doing that the injuries are coming from. Um, but in most cases, it's actually from the race day itself. So, look, I'll be putting out some more stats on that in the coming week or so. So I'll probably on our next podcast, you'll hear all that breakdown. So stay tuned for that stuff, guys and girls. It'll be pretty interesting to hear how that's all broken down in 2022. Some more injury speculation and stuff ready for outdoors. Obviously, there was the information that Cooper Webb is not racing outdoors in 2022. He's taking a break uh, to recover from all the things he's got banged up across the Supercross season. Now, one would one would think, and this is not obviously uh, you know, common knowledge at this point. There's no confirmation of this that he's doing it. But I dare say that injury or that crash that he had at one of the rounds where he was in qualifying the same round that uh, Chase Sexton went down um, pretty hard and missed the night show. Um, which I can't recall which one that is off the top of my head. I should have done a bit more better research here, guys. Apologies for that. But that round where Cooper crashed as well in the practice and, and had a uh, bit of a shoulder tweak, you see him sitting on the start line there talking to his mechanic, rolling his shoulder. I believe there might be something to that, and I, I think that that will be the reason that he's sitting out and potentially he's going to have some sort of clean-up procedure done on that shoulder uh, in to be for him to be ready in 20. Uh, 23 so uh, it would probably only be minor if there is anything to that uh, it's not a massive reconstruction or anything but he probably needs a couple of week cleanup and that why he, will, he that's why he's probably missing and that he missed basically half the, the outdoor season for that uh, and he's probably better placed to then put that time back in the bike into preparing it for the supercross season and getting that testing done that he needs to help him be comfortable so that he can be a front 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 podium challenger as in first place on the box again 
because he was missing from that season, from, from that from this year, and that was unusual for him since he's joined KTM. So that's uh, that's where we think Webb's up to. And then obviously the Jeffrey Hurling story, he was in, he was out, he's, he was coming to AMA, he wasn't coming to the AMA. It's been confirmed that he's not. Unfortunately, that foot injury that he had from the photo shoot right before the MXGP season started, uh, it's just not healing. And, and look, Hurling's, Hurling's is a bit of a beast in general sense for recoveries, but he's also had some delayed recoveries. Um, so it, when I say beast in recoveries, in that he's been right, he, he rode through a, halfway through a femur fracture still. Um, you know, before he should have, he was still out there riding. So he, he can take pain, but in this instance, it's not actually recovered by the sounds of what's happening. And that's not an uncommon thing for the foot and heel area. The blood supply to that section of the body is terrible. And it just means that the union of the bone and then the regeneration of all the soft tissue around that area takes a lot longer than if you just broke your arm in the middle of your arm sort of thing, in the middle of your forearm or the middle of your fibula in your, in your leg. Um, all of those things have really good blood flow and allow recovery to just occur without much even thought happening and no outside intervention. Um, but the heel itself just doesn't happen that way. It takes much longer than you expect, and it tends to become a six, six to nine month issue that you're dealing through that. Uh, and for many, it doesn't even work out, you know, as a something they recover fully from in the end. Sometimes that heel bone, the calcaneus, uh, the, the bottom one that you feel as you punch your foot down into the ground, um, that one can sometimes in, in, in extreme cases can actually die off and start to shrink up because it's getting such poor blood supply that everything from all the nutrients to that, um, to that bone just dry up and it just shrivels up and dies. Uh, and that's a terrible case, but, but it, is, it is something that can occur. But so look, Hurlings, as much as he wanted to ride outdoors here in America, uh, just not going to be possible this time around. But from the, everything he said, it sounds like he's pretty keen to be here at some point. So it'd be interesting to see how that works out uh, with him in the future because it'd be great to see him on American soil and racing that series uh, with all, you know, it would have been perfect to see him with Tomac, Ferrandis, Dungey this year, Caroli this year, um, Marvin. Uh, Plessinger, all those sorts of guys. It would have been fantastic to have him on track with those that list of people, but we'll have to wait for another another time. All right, guys and girls, let's take a quick break, and we'll be back. Hey, this is Cade Namrine, riding for Monster Energy, Luke Soil, KTM, Team Tata Racing, and you're listening to the Always Moto Podcast. Thanks for sticking around, guys and girls. We're back. Uh, going to drop into a couple of other areas of talk at the moment. Um, so some exciting news for us that we're heading to the Stark Varg launch next week. We fly out on Monday the 23rd Australian time. Got a grueling trip over uh, in terms of about four different legs to get to Barcelona in Spain. Uh, and we're going to be test riding that new Stark Varg electric motorcycle on the Wednesday. Uh, so hopefully we'll be able, we're allowed to pop up one post with the bike uh for some uh generating some interest as per, as per the stark release and info and embargo uh, and the rest of that information that we'll be obviously testing the bike on and hopefully talking to a few people while we're there uh we'll be putting that information out the embargo is till um 
It's basically going to work out around about the 15th of June um, Australian time. Uh, so that's when we'll be putting out some information. I'll hopefully have a podcast. We'll hopefully have a story over on fullnoise.com.au all about how it performs, whether you should have it, what the differences are, did it blow my socks off, all that sort of gizmos. Um, and I'm really looking forward to this one. It's something that I've been working on now for a little while to get there. It's been great that it's come off. Uh, and look, on, on that, we've been able to partner with a couple of people. I've got a couple of people to thank just now. Um, so one, the guys at Stark for allowing us to join this test. Uh, but two, we were able to speak with some people over here. So we've got Thor Australia. Uh, have actually provided us some head-to-toe gear to run uh, whilst we do the VARG test. Uh, so we're going to be running some Thor gear. We're going to be in the LE um, Pulse range of Thor gear. Uh, it's the red, white, and blue stuff. And if you check out our Instagram, it's over there. You can see the pictures. We've also got that new helmet uh, that they've got there, the Reflex. Uh, and we've also got some sick-looking red goggles uh, and some as we like to say, shite white boots because they don't stay shite white for long um, usually, but we'll be keeping them clean as we can um, and we're running those for that head-to-toe setup for this test. So thanks to the guys at Thor Australia uh, and that's through our friends at Gas Imports here. Um, so really appreciate that, guys. Um, special mention to Andy over there for hooking us up with that uh, and hopefully too that will lead to some more um, product reviews in the future for our Always Moto inspection series that we do over on Full Noise and here on the podcast. Uh, so we'll hopefully be doing some small stuff with Thor Australia in the future. But appreciate this uh, this little connection for the Stark Varg launch. We'll be actually looking like we like we belong in some current model gear. Otherwise, it's going to rock up in my three year old stuff that uh, nobody wants to see. And then on top of that, we've been able to speak to some old friends, um, Craig at Ringmaster Images, who does some stickers. He's done all my stickers for about, oh, geez, what was it? I think it was 2000 and my 2009 model, uh, KDM 250s, and I would have had that at the end of 2008. So at the end of 2008, I got hooked up with Craig at Ringmaster, uh, and he's been doing my sticker kits ever since. And he does a hell of a job on these things and they're amazing quality. They last forever um, and they're super duper easy to put on because he's got such good quality products. Uh, and so he's been able to, he's hooked us up with a couple of stickers to pop on the bike during the test and some stickers for the helmet to try and help promote Always Moto and Full Noise while we're there on the test. Now, funnily enough, the guys at Stark have also said to us that stickers aren't sustainable and they wouldn't let, them, let us put them on the bike. But Craig has told me that his actual uh, ink and his uh, glue materials are actually sourced responsibly and they're a sustainable green product. So hopefully we'll be able to get those things on the bike. But if not, you will still be seeing those stickers on the social. So check him out. He's done a, a pretty bang up job. They're a bit, bit out of the box. Um, I said to him, surprise me, and he did. They look sick. But I uh, appreciate that, Craig. Thanks for those things there from Ringmaster. So if you guys are in the market for any... Uh, sticker products, please check out Ringmaster. And obviously, if you're in the market for some new gear, looks like Thor Australia is going to be the one that you, I'll be pushing you guys towards. So check their stuff out. And obviously, they're going to have some new ranges coming out here in the not-too-distant future because all the um, gear products, all the gear lines start coming out again midway through the outdoor season for the AMA. So, um, yeah, we'll, that'll be something to look forward to. And hopefully, we'll be helping promote some of that in the near future. 
<coughs> Excuse me. All right, now, last part before we drop into our uh, interview for this week with our special guest. Some fantasy talk. So the fantasy Supercross season has finished. It's done. We've had our winner get in touch. Well done. We've had our third place prize winner get in touch. Well done. I'll just go back to that screen so I can tell you who those were. But we're still basically waiting on our second place prize winner um, to get in touch to claim their prize. So first place was Scrub and MBW. He's been in touch. He's been hooked up by Goat Brand MX. Um, and we've had our third place prize winner, GMC230. They've been in touch and they've been hooked up with False Neutral Industries uh, for their place getting prize, but we still haven't heard from second place MX Goat. Now, if you want to claim that prize, MX Goat, get in touch. You've got to send me a DM. Uh, I need your address and we can also we can work out all that stuff to get it over to you. If we don't hear from you by the start of Outdoors, which is the 28th, I think it is, of May, we're going to give that prize to a random player in the league, so stay tuned. We're hopefully, we can get it to our prize uh, place getter, but if not, we'll be giving that to somebody in the league um, just to say thank you for joining us. Now, don't forget to, uh, some of you will have seen the post, uh, Goat Brand MX is doing a special deal uh, for the players of the uh, Always Moto Fantasy League. You've got to DM myself at Always Moto, um, and I can give you a special discount code that can be used on any purchase over there on Goat Brand MX's website. It's a one-time use code. Uh, it's a decent discount, and it can be used on more than just the socks over there on their site. It can be used on anything that's on sale there. Um, on, for not sale, but on, you can buy from their site, so any product that they have. So get in touch. Send me a DM and I can give you that code straight away. So thanks to those guys for doing that. That's awesome. Now, outdoors. We're going to have Goat Brand on MX again on board for some prizes. We're working on some others to hopefully join us. Um, we're hoping to have False Neutral on Industries on again as well. Um, so we'll at least have first, second, third covered as well. We're going to try and work on some other stuff along the way. So the league is open again, guys. The injury, the password is injury in all lowercase. So if, <coughs> excuse me, I'm losing my voice today. Nothing quite like a coughing fit right in the middle of a uh, podcast recording. So sorry about that, guys and girls. But back onto the prizes and, and the joining of the of the league. So head over to Pulp MX. If you're not a player already, you can join their leagues. Uh, you can join the comp itself. Um, you can play for free or you can join their championship league and pay to play. To play in the in the Always Moto Fantasy League, you've just got to join our league. Use that password, which is injury in all lower case, and you'll join our league. You don't have to be a paying player. You just have to be a player on Pulp MX. Once you're in the league, each week we ask that you just tag, um, post up your team, tag Always Moto, tag Goat Brand MX, and all of our other sponsors that we'll let you know each week. We want you to follow those pages as well, so that then when you uh, then you are eligible to win the seizing end and prizes if you're in those place getting positions. But what we're gonna do, we're gonna have a random draw at the end. We've, now with these Always Moto t-shirts, uh, we will give away a t-shirt, but you have to be following all the sponsors. And so we'll be check pulling that from any of the players. Uh, it won't just be those first, seconds and thirds. So that'll be cool guys and girls. Um, so get, get people to join. So pass it on to your mates uh, who wanted to play this time around but didn't get in early enough. Um, so you can join the league from the get-go and look, start picking those teams ready for outdoors uh, to start the end of the month. 
All right, let's head into this interview. I'm going to not leave, give you away the lead in this time. I'm just going to set it over uh, to myself. I recorded this earlier in the week. Uh, have a listen. It's a good story. Um, and we'll be back shortly after the interview is complete. All right, guys and girls, now on the Always Moto podcast, we've got another special guest joining us to talk through the, their injury and how things are going uh, for them with the recovery. Uh, he's from SGB Honda. He's number 75. It's Luke Nice. Welcome aboard, Luke. Yeah, thanks for having me, man. No, I appreciate the time, man. And as we were saying before we hit record, thanks for staying up. We, we've got this one done. It's, it's, it's all right time where I am in Australia, but it's a bit late where you are on the East Coast there. So it's uh, really appreciate the time yeah man no problem no problem like i said I, I don't have much to do at the moment so it's just uh a little bit wide open at nights <laughs> it is one of those things that you sort of go from being so rigid with your with your program to you know to having sort of almost nothing that's keeping you on track it is hard to keep track of the time and then not just wander off i guess in terms of doing something random for an extended period of time and going oh where'd that day go <laughs> Yeah, for sure. It definitely is, especially doing it every single day and then not doing anything. So it, it definitely uh, is tough. It's so definitely tough. How are you feeling the time? You're not on the, uh, like you've got a, a wrist injury, like you're not on the uh, PlayStations or Xboxes or something, are you? Or is that working all right? Uh, yeah, it's it's been okay. I haven't really been able to do much just because uh, I had surgery like last week. So it's it, I haven't been able to work out. I haven't been able to do anything just because I have to let the stitches heal. So um but the xbox has definitely came out a little bit so <laughs> managed to work <laughs> around it time. yeah yeah fair enough well look let's jump straight into it um the injury is is a scaphoid injury um and you did this back at foxborough so give us a bit of rundown what happened with the with this one how did it occur like was it a crash was it just a case what what happened for you yeah so um it was literally first lap of free practice and i had a I had press day too. So I already knew the track quite a bit. Um, and, uh, I, uh, was going to go ahead and get in some fast laps right off the bat. I, I was just kind of learning the track very quickly. So I, uh, um, it was the second rhythm. Um, and I just, it was a little bit muddy in practice and I saw the futures guys already jumping all the rhythms. So I'm like, I, it, it must be fine. And, the track was fine. It had a couple lines and I just, I hit a slick spot right off the face of the one three mm. and, um, came up short and made me like go into the front of the bike. And then I, I did some front flips and went flying. So <laughs> after that, I, I don't know what happened. I closed my eyes. So yeah. <laughs> uh, ground sky, uh, ground sky, ground sky is usually the, usually yeah. the process. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, so was it but, the impact then of the case initially, or was it the fact of wherever you ended up, you know, tumbling through the dirt and the track that did it, you reckon? Um, I think it was the impact. Um, I actually didn't know it was broken. I, like I still rode free practice. I, I finished the whole rest of the practice. Like I actually thought I broke my collarbone at first. Cause when okay. I landed the, the handlebar had landed on my collarbone, which I've broken that one before. Um, and the way it landed that I had like some cuts on it, it felt like it was sticking out almost. And I'm like, Oh no. <laughs> so um, I, I was moving the shoulder a little bit and it was fine. And I, I got back up and started riding. I'm like, man, something, something's not right, but I was just still riding. And um, yeah, after I got back, it was uh, a little bit worse. So <laughs> the yeah. general wore off. 
That, well, that's the thing, isn't it? The adrenaline usually takes over, but scaphoids are a little bit funny in that sense that initially, unless it's, you know, unless you dislocated the wrist as well, it's sort of all still in the right spot and still can function and, and it's painful, but it's not really like, you know, where you've broken the middle of your arm, say the middle of your forearm and the thing's flapping around, you know, it's still, still yeah. generally there because it's only such a small bone. So yeah, I can yeah. understand how you managed to get through that for that, at least that period, but I gather... The next practice or qualifying session, it was a no-go at that point. Yeah, I, uh, I, I was actually waiting after I got back. I, I was waiting to go into the, to the Asterix crew. And um, when I was waiting, they, they had to wait for all the other practices. So I was just kind of sitting there, um, not really knowing if it was broke yet. And they got me in and they uh, basically said, like, they, they were pretty certain that it was broken, um, but the x-ray wasn't really showing it. Yeah. Uh, and they were saying it could could take a couple of weeks for it even to show on the x-rays, but he was pretty certain that was broken. And um, with the, I felt like I could have dealt with the pain a little bit, but the problem was, is my hand was swelling up so bad and I couldn't mm. pull in the clutch. So, um, yeah. and there wasn't really enough people to even qualify. So I went out and did a lap so I could collect my money. <laughs> um, <laughs> and that was, that was basically the end of the end of the day on that one. A few of you guys, when I've been speaking to you this season, have mentioned that side of things with, as the season went on, there wasn't too many, you know, in the qualifying aspect and, uh, and yeah, a few people have gone and done the first, literally ride out the first straight and round the corner. And that's about as far as they've gone just to collect the, uh, the night show money. So yeah, it's um, not uncommon. Yeah. Yeah, no, it, it definitely sucks, especially flying all the way out there and then not being able to collect anything as, as long as I could, put my hand on the handlebar and do a lap, I'm, I'm going to collect the money. So exactly. <laughs> um, I mean, it's definitely something right in the pocket. Um, but yeah, I, I think I qualified with like a, a minute and 40 lap time. So <laughs> uh, but, not exactly close to the next guy, I gather. So yeah, no, no, definitely not. <laughs> no. So look, so what's happened then since obviously you could manage to get yourself home. Was that an, was that an issue? It probably wasn't too bad being a hand injury, but, um, uh, uh, no, it wasn't too bad. Um, obviously that night was a little bit rough. The, the, all the adrenaline was wearing off and I was starting to feel some pain quite a bit. And, um, that night I didn't really sleep that much and we had a early flight and that was all good. Um, and then, uh, I had actually, um, called a couple doctors that I'm friends with their kids actually race and stuff. And, yep. um, they got me hooked up with a really good hand doctor where I'm, actually where I'm from in Greensboro, um, North Carolina and, uh, super good guy. And he got me in within like Tuesday that I got back and, uh, they uh, did an MRI and literally got the MRI and went over to like a doc, uh, his actual, uh, office, which is about 20 minutes from where I got the MRI and basically saw everything right then and there. And, uh, saw it was broken and I went and got surgery the very next week. So it was, uh, it was fairly quick um, with everything. So well, that's, that's helpful, isn't it? The longer you delay this one, it's just ta- eating into when you can actually be back racing again, but it's also just making the inevitable just take a bit longer. So it's good, yeah, exactly. good timing for you. No, that's awesome. Yeah. So, so what surgery did then, like, it's just the skateboard that you broke. You didn't do any other damage elsewhere in there. Did you? Yeah, no, it was just a skateboard. Um, and uh, it, he actually was, um, kind of deciding not to do surgery. And, um, obviously uh, I've known a lot of people that have, it's pretty common bones. So a lot of people have broken and they're all telling me like, no, get surgery, get surgery, like put the screw in it. Like, don't, don't not do it. So, um, 
whenever he was saying that he, he's a super cool doctor. And, uh, he's like, he's like, we can do both. He's like, it's up to you. And, um, I'm like, nah, I want the screw. Um, and, and um, he was pretty certain that it was actually going to heal on its own. But as soon as he went in there, um, he's like, man, he's like, I'm glad we did it. He's like, it was a little bit worse than, than what the MRI was showing. It was a little bit more displaced and uh, a little bit bigger of a break. Um, so I, he's like, if we would have waited six weeks, he's like, it wouldn't have healed up. So, yeah, so you made um, a nice choice there by the sounds of that. Yeah, exactly. Definitely. So um, yeah. definitely a, a good decision on my part. Yeah, cool. So just screws, they didn't like put pins across to stabilize the joint as well, or is that all part of it for nope. you? Nope, just uh, one screw and that's it. So yeah, nice. just a small decision. Okay. Plan for that to stay there, I gather, because it's usually the one for the scapefoot usually stays in there. It's not one they usually yeah. move. Yeah, it's, it'll stay in there unless if it's causing some problems or trying to yeah. back out or something like that. It, it'll stay in there. So yeah, yeah nice. Uh-huh. Okay. So what time frame did he give you? Like, obviously, most of these, you know, small bones, we sort of talk that sort of four to six week range. Scaphoids are usually six because they're just a bit of a pain in the ass. They they, they also need a bit more um, just just time because you've got they're in that loaded point for everything. Um, so they're yeah. a bit more weak up. But um, what's that? What has he given you to say that, you know, we'll be out of the cast and you'll be able to start doing normal training and riding and stuff from yeah so uh, originally um when we first talked about surgery and stuff i mean they were saying 10 12 weeks um and that was that was that would have sucked um (laughs) and uh, yeah i actually went to uh went to the doctor yesterday and he um saw everything and said it was healing up nice and he was thinking probably six to eight weeks now so um and uh, if, if that's the case, and that's really good on my part, I, I think I can possibly make Mill Creek um, if, if it's six, eight weeks. So, um, but I think I, I go back in like three weeks um, and he's thinking I can possibly start moving it around a little bit, not do anything with it, but try to get the range of motion back and um, yep. just try to do a little bit of physical therapy, but not much. So that'd be um, nice. Like that's one of those um, trade-offs of, you know, they do the surgery, they usually put you in a, in a brace, you know, for a period, but, um, the sooner that you can actually be out of it in just that unloaded sense and just moving it, having the physio move it for you, even, um, it just helps you get back sooner because there's, you're not trying to fight for that range of motion to come back. Cause the longer it's, it's trapped in that one spot, the harder it is to get it to go again. So that's, yeah. a, that'd be nice if he does let you do that, you know, maybe a couple of weeks earlier than you thought, cause it will just, it'll make things nicer for you on the other side. Yeah, definitely. Um, I, he was actually debating on putting a cast on me yesterday. And I was like, man, I was like, I really don't want to cast. I was like, dude, I just want to shower normal, honestly. I was like, dude, I promise I won't, I won't do anything to mess it up. So there's the little um, things in life, isn't it? I just want to have a shower yeah. properly at this point, you know? <laughs> uh, yeah. I was like, dude, I just don't want to put a paper bag over my arm, please. So yeah. Um, yeah, he, no. he managed to, to give me a brace. I could take on and off and um, it's a little bit easier for me to, cause they actually uh, uh, gave me like a, exogen like bone stimulator yeah, um, it's like a ultrasound so um he gave me that to use um while it's broken and stuff and to kind of help the healing process so well and that um, wouldn't be able to be done with a cast on either so that's actually or it not as effectively so you know it's yeah um, that's awesome that he didn't do that side of things too because hopefully that helps you progress just a, a tiny bit faster as well so that's yeah awesome. exactly exactly so no, he's awesome. Um, so yeah, so what 
in terms of that, then you've already sound like you've got a bit of a plan for a potential ride back. Um, you said uh, Millville, did you say? Um, yeah. Um, so I, right at Millville, I have about, if it's right at six, six to eight weeks, I'll have about possibly two weeks of actually riding um, right before Mill, Millville. Um, and I, it's kind of on the fence just because it's super far drive and um, I just, I don't really know if, if how it's going to feel, um, yeah. and how I'm going to feel on my dirt bikes. So, um, that one's kind of up in the air, but the three for sure is going to be Unadilla, Bud's Creek and, uh, Ironman. So, yeah, nice. uh, yeah. at least but, you've yeah, got those... a decent amount of time. Like you've got still got a decent amount of races that you could still get back to. It's not like you're only going to make the last one or something and it's not really worth it. Or, you know, you've still got then a good month of, um, of racing ahead at that point. So that's, that's all right. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I, I haven't been able to do outdoors probably for the past, I think two years now. So I'm, I'm pretty excited to, to be able to do at least a, quite a bit of them. So, um, I'm, I'm pretty pumped on that. My, my original plan was I was going to do about six. Um, but obviously there was some plans that changed. So, <laughs> so uh, did you miss the outdoors the past few years because of all the COVID crap and just funds or was there other injuries and stuff involved in that? Uh, so, uh, about two years ago, I, I was planning on doing one and, um, I kind of had a little bit of a back injury. Um, and it just wasn't serious. It was more just sciatic and it was just flaring up every single time I would get on my bike and okay. I'm like, dude, this sucks. Like it, it, this is painful. And that's right. When like the COVID stuff hit and there wasn't a whole lot of fans and it was just kind of weird time then. And, um, yeah after that i was just like i, I just gotta let this thing heal up and just get into the more yoga and all that and let it heal so um and then last year i uh i was actually on prmx um yeah and uh I, we were kind of debating on going to canada or if we're going to do uh u.s nationals and it was just kind of a up in the air a little bit and then it's just nothing kind of really ever came together and it, it was nothing like team's fault or my fault. It, it was just kind of nothing really ever came together. So, um, yeah, okay. it was just, yeah, it just couldn't really do anything. So I ended up just working. <laughs> um, but yeah. Oh, well, hopefully then it means that, you know, if you do get the three at the end of the year, that'll be the most you've done in a while. So that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Look exactly. at the positive side of things, man. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, um, but yeah, I, I got some pretty exciting plans, uh, for the outdoors. Um, got some, some cool stuff I'm, I'm going to do. So, um, hopefully try to get a lot of press for it and, and do good. So. Okay. Okay. You, you're teasing the, the world here with that information. Is there anything you can do out there <laughs> yeah, or what? <laughs> I don't want to, I don't want to say yet. Cause I'm, I'm getting it together. I'm getting it okay. together. But, All right. Um, yep. Yeah. It should, it should be cool. So. Uh, something to look forward to by the sounds of it. So yeah, we'll have to keep an eye out on the, on the Luke Nice pages here and see what happens. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, awesome. All right, man. Well, look, that's um, yeah. Obviously, it sucks that you got injured, um, but it sounds like things are at least gone well since then in terms of getting into the you know the surgeon pretty quickly and that help with the connections from those other kids that you, that race around the area. That's awesome too. I love the motor community stepping in there and helping out. And then uh, yeah, you're on the path back. So hopefully, we can get you that you can get to those outdoors and you know get some decent results too. That'd be a fantastic outcome for the year by the sounds of it. Yeah, for for sure, man. Um, I, I definitely, uh, I've, I've always kind of been an outdoor guy. I've just never really been able to show it just for 
past stuff and, and everything that's kind of happened. Um, I just haven't really been able to show what I can do on outdoors. And even from just having a rough supercross season of not what I was expecting, um, I, I think it'll be kind of a good reset. Um, I, I feel like I kind of needed a little bit of break, um, yep. but, uh, yeah, it should, should be good. So hopefully re-energized, re-motivated all those catchphrases that come along with these sorts of breaks that, you know, people get back to. So yeah, hopefully it goes well when you get back, man, but look, we really appreciate you joining us on the always moto podcast. It's, it's nice to get the update and find out where you're up to and yeah, we'll keep an eye out on what this exciting stuff is. You got planned for outdoors down the track. Yeah, man. Thank you so much for having me on. No dramas at all. Thanks, Luke. Yeah, see you, man. And we're back, Moto fans. Thanks for sticking around. Uh, thanks to Luke Nice for joining us there for that interview. It's good to catch up with him after his injury uh, and how see how he's going with the recovery. Obviously, that surgery that he's had now, he's on the path uh, to getting back on the bike, which will be fantastic for him. And as he hinted at, he's got some interesting stuff that he's hoping to plan out for uh, the outdoors. So we'll have to keep an eye on the social media there for, for Luke and see what he's got in store for us all. But it's been an awesome show again. Uh, don't forget to send through your t-shirt orders. Uh, remember to get those through to alwaysmoto2019 at gmail.com. Uh, we need t-shirt order in the subject line. We need your t-shirt size and your postal details in those orders. And then we'll send back about payment uh, and we'll organize getting those out to you ASAP. Don't forget to follow us on social media for, to stay up to date with all things injury in moto and whatever else we can come up with that we'll be posting on there, particularly this upcoming Stark Varg launch that we are attending. Yes, there'll be some uh, overload of the Stark Varg stuff and travel to and from Spain. You'll see me in the plane. You'll probably see me transporting. All that sort of good stuff will be on the socials there. So follow us on Instagram, particularly always dot moto and on twitter always moto with the underscore make sure you subscribe to this podcast feed uh, leave us a rating if your app allows make sure that you are giving it a rating or some feedback on that to help us with the algorithms to get some more listeners in and keep this show on the road but that's it for this show thanks for episode 23 for listening be, remember, be smooth to be fast, because if you're not, I'll probably be seeing you right here in the emergency department on the Always Moto podcast. Thanks for listening.